This audio is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on SiriusXM. Welcome to Women at Work, our weekly conversation about how we can get more women to join, stay, succeed, and lead in the workplace. I'm your host, Laura Zarrow, Executive Director of Wharton People Analytics, coming to you from the New York Times New Rules Summit in Brooklyn, New York, which is actually its own two-day conversation about how we can help more women join, stay, succeed, and lead in the workplace. I now have the great opportunity to talk with one of the New York Times reporters who's covering the event today, Eileen Zimmerman. Welcome to Women at Work. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So, Eileen, many of us are here because we want to learn what's going on, and some of us are here trying to translate it for the rest of the world. You've been doing both. Tell me, what's speaking to you? What are you feeling, learning? How's it resonating with you as you're taking this all in? It feels like a very, there's a very positive vibe coming from everybody here, and And whenever I meet things like this, I always feel like, oh, we're going to make all these strides, like things are going to open up for women. And I found the last panel with Adam Grant um, and Alicia Mendez um, really interesting um, because they were talking specifically about how we need to raise the next generation of girls to be brave and strong and also um, take chances. And I also thought it was really great that they mentioned what we have to do for boys as well because I think you can't just... Um, make it the responsibility of girls and women. I think you also have to make it the responsibility of boys and men to help enable a more diverse workforce. I also loved hearing about that too. As we were, to, I got we got to have dinner last night together, uh-huh. and um, right. and we were talking about Reshma Sajani's book, Brave Not Perfect. But I love I loved seeing the dialogue extend to what do we teach boys that not only helps them grow up to be men who make room for women, but lets them be happy men. Absolutely. You are the mom of a... You have a boy. I have a son, right, and a daughter. So did did any of this resonate there in how you help him grow up to be a happy person? That's such a nice question. Well, I was thinking that... that because uh, his dad, when he was growing up, worked a lot, so he was mostly with me and his sister, that he is, you know, maybe because he had a lot of female influences, he is he is a really nice kid, a nice guy. And also it was really important to me that he be emotionally accessible and, um, and also sensitive and, you know, not overly aggressive. So I think I felt kind of validated that I had done those things even before the Me Too movement and this cultural shift that we're now seeing. Um, But one thing that also came to mind was that um, in this last panel, especially a lot of the talk in this conference has been about the onus on the individual. But I also think the problem with um, gender bias and gender gap and gender discrimination in the workplace is so systemic that I think we also at some point, I mean, I think we are, but we're also going to have to keep looking at the systems that are in place that kind of put up these barriers for women and for and even more so for women of color and, all the, you know, and, and men of color. I mean, so I think it's a big, big question, but it did feel very heartening. You know, it feels like we're moving in the right direction. Yeah, it feels like it's a dynamic discussion with a lot of great people that are in the room who are leading organizations and trying to make change. But that issue, that theme today also struck a chord in me. We're talking about this stuff all the time and trying to figure out how do we help ourselves advance? How do we help our daughters advance? But also, what can we do to help society change? The culture change, the rules and structures change. It's why this is the New Rules Summit, because those things need to change. So I know that one of the things you're going to do after you're done sharing (laughs) a few minutes with us is you have a deadline, because you're preparing an article to go into the Times. 
Tell me a little bit about how you're thinking about the balance of those two things as you're processing the information that you want to share with your readers. You mean, how am I going to get this done? Well, that's a good question, okay. too, for those of yeah. us who like want to learn how do you operate on a deadline and make things happen. <laughs> but in particular, um, of all the information you've taken in about what we need to do to close the wage gap mm-hmm. versus the structures that need to change and the culture around us, how are you weighing these things out in your own head? Well, I just, I think what comes to me is that it's going to be, a, it's a, such a slow process. Like, I think... It, it does need to change, but the fact is, today we're sitting here ha- at this conference, and women still make, generally, overall, seventy-nine cents on the dollar that a man makes. For women of color, it's even um, a greater disparity. For executive women, I think, compared to equal executive men, it's not quite as um, mm-hmm. big a difference. But um, I don't have those figures in front of me. But I, um, but I do think. What I took from this and what I'm thinking about as I think about writing the story is that it's not just the wage gap, that it's a much bigger gap than that. Yes, there is the the money, but I think if all we do as women is demand more money, we're missing a much bigger point because whenever we talk about the gender gap, we talk about dollars and cents, but it's also about all these other barriers, psychological barriers that were talked about today. You know, how do I feel brave? How do I ask for a raise? How do I ask for a promotion? You know? Why is it that women, when they're discussing salary, will go back later to the HR person and say, well, I couldn't really talk to my boss about it, but I think I really do deserve blank. And men will walk in generally asking for what they feel they deserve. So there's that. But I think it's a lot more nuanced and a lot deeper, to be honest, in our psyche as women. I think, And also I think, you know, corporate America is not, hasn't been set up traditionally as a place where women or people of color can... Excel. I'll tell you one story. My daughter works at a fintech company in Seattle, and her dog had some health emergency where the dog had to go to the vet or whatever. And she said, she called me from the the lobby of the building, and she said, I have to take, I don't know what to do. I have to take my dog to the vet or something. And she was crying. And my first thought was, I was like, they cannot see you crying. I said, if they see you crying and you're a woman, I said, it's going to be over. And I couldn't believe the words were coming out of my mouth, but they were. And I still do feel like they probably will judge her if they were to see her teary-eyed over her dog (laughs) during the middle of the day. So, um, you know, I I have a lot to learn, too. It's both funny and truthful because, and I think it's a recurring theme that came up today, that there are realities that we face going through our work lives where, you know, not at the beginning of our careers, hopefully solidly in the middle, um, but that there are ways that we want things to be different for our kids and our daughters. And so how do we navigate advising them to succeed in the world that we know while leaving room for them to be in a world that we'd like it to become? Oh, that's such a good question. And I don't know. And I, and, and the question is, is, is it going to become that world? Even um, it wasn't on this panel, and it might have been two panels ago, but someone said, you know, where you leave, oh, it was the panel before this, where you leave the workplace when you're a woman, let's say, to raise a family or take care of a parent or whatever, that's where you're going to come back in. And everyone else you worked with, whether or not it was women that chose not to leave the workforce or didn't have kids or men, they've moved on and you have to now scramble to find how do you catch up. And, um, you know, I, I wonder how that will be for my own daughter. You're right. And you're, you know, I'm sure you wonder too. Well, one of the things that I do think no is going to come from this conference are lots of stories that get shared. Thanks to all of the New York Times reporters who are here today. 
Um, when I think about embarking on a major project with my team, you know, we have that staff meeting, we gather around, we're like, okay, we're going to go. We're going to knock this out of the park. Can you share a little bit with me about how all of you were launched into this event today? What are you all here trying to accomplish together? Oh, that's, uh, that makes it sound like a, so much more of an organized <laughs> effort, but it's done very virtually by our editor who runs all the special sections for the Times and is remarkable. And um, it, uh, we kind of received our assignments, and I think we each talked to the editor privately on the phone about how we wanted to cover um, important panels. So there are certain panels that raise issues that are very newsworthy, like the gender gap or um, AI or uh, um, other aspects of uh, women in the workplace and how gender plays into that. And so there'll be maybe five or six panels that are covered by different writers. And um, we try to find the most salient parts of those. We do some outside research as well. And then, um, and then we are just given our deadline of noon tomorrow <laughs> and a word count. And that's about it. Okay. So knowing that you have a deadline for noon tomorrow and I can't wait to read about it in the New York times, I'm going to say, Eileen, thank you for making a few minutes to talk with us. You've been one of the many treats of this event. And so I really appreciate it. And thank you for joining well, us on women. At work. For, thank you for having me. And I look forward to hearing the other interviewees as well. For more guest interviews, check out our Wharton business radio highlights podcast on iTunes and Google play. 